Welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. I'm glad that you're able to join us tonight. We're thankful for the blessings and the presence of God in our lives. Thankful for what God is doing at Spirit of Grace Church. And uh, uh, around here, I know it's fighting to become spring. Um, and uh, we're not quite there yet. But God willing, uh, the sunny days are coming. And the warmth is going to come back, and it's going to be just a great day around Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Praise God. I'm thankful for the word of the Lord tonight, and I'm praying that God would move among us and speak to us in this short amount of time that we have. And I won't keep you long this evening, but I do want to share something with you that I believe the Lord laid on my spirit this morning to share with you. Uh, I believe that God is is trying to lead us to a um, an arena, if you will, that God has his full say in. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we, we talk about the promised land, and we talk about the promised land really being heaven. Um, I, I believe this. I believe that we have oftentimes mistaken our destiny with our destination. And what I mean by that is simply this. My destiny is not heaven. My destiny is Jesus. Heaven is just the destination of my journey, my relationship with him. But I am here to worship. I am here to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I am here. My purpose is to find my place in the kingdom of God now and operating in it, knowing full well that the destination of my life is going to be a phenomenal destination. And so in thinking about that, and a couple of weeks ago I preached on pressing on or pushing forward, and and I, it, it, I just, I'm not sure why it keeps coming back to me, but I pray that somebody that is listening tonight uh, needs to hear this. <clears throat> I'm reading from Philippians chapter 3, and I want to start at verse number 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. And I felt the Lord dealing with me the last couple of days and hours uh, this morning while I was thinking about this lesson. And I want to share with you what I believe the Lord is saying, and that is keep pushing, don't stop, but be content. I know that makes hardly any sense, but I believe that God is wanting us to continue to push forward. Forget that which was behind. Push, press, but be content in our pressing. 
Our contentment doesn't come in the things that we've attained. It comes in the fact that we're still pushing. Praise God. Would you just open this time of word together with us in prayer? Jesus, we love you and we praise you. I'm thankful for this opportunity to share what you've laid on my heart. To all of these people that watch this online, I'm thankful for my Spirit of Grace Church family. Pray your many blessings upon each one. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. The concept of being content um, has been misconstrued, if you will. It has been um, labeled a little bit wrong in the fact that contentment isn't being comfortable and contentment isn't finding that place where you can sit back and just go, oh, I've made it. Because I have, you know, I don't want to mess anybody up, but you're, you're, you're never going to have made it until you see him face to face, according to 1 John 3, 2. And so what is the apostle trying to say here? He, he's trying to tell the church in Philippi to keep pushing, keep pressing into all that God has to offer you and find your contentment in the fact that you have the ability to press forward. Um, and, and there's there's a two key components that I want to, to share with you tonight is the, the power of pressing or the purpose of pressing. And then the second one is to be content in the push and not content in the place. Okay, I, I, let me say that again. It's the power of the push or the press and not being content with the place, but the push. And uh, I, I believe that uh, there's all kinds of things that are happening in the world. And, and But God, the Bible says God's mercies are new every day. And if he gives new mercies to us every day, I believe it's because he has something new for us every day. And the mercies of yesterday will are, are not the mercies that he designed for us to walk in today. But sometimes we get to a place that I would say is a transition place and we become content in that place and not in the push. And so we sit down and we say, oh, I've come so far. I've done so much. I've sacrificed so much. I'm reading so much. God's doing so many things for me. I think I'm just going to pull out my lounge chair and lay back and, and just rest in the fact that I'm in this place. And sometimes you can do that for moments, but your destiny isn't in the place, your destiny is in the push. The power is in the pressing forward to the next thing that God has for you because he constantly has something for you each and every day. I want to give you some examples. Uh, I've, there's, it's the same group of people, but two different examples that I want to give to you um, where the blessings of God turn into the bondage of the enemy. That, that sounds almost like it's crazy talk. But God blesses and brings some uh, the, this group of people that I'm going to reference here in a minute and gets them to this place and they become so comfortable in the place that they were delivered from and into that they that, that place becomes bondage to them and they have to be delivered again. And of course, I'm talking about the children of Israel. 
J Joseph's brothers, Jacob's sons, threw Joseph into a pit, then sold him. And, and if you read the story of Joseph, God took Joseph through several years of training, if you will, to the place where he was second in control under Pharaoh. And God allowed that to happen. Joseph said, what you allowed evil, God meant for good because now I'm able to supply the need in this hour. And he calls Jacob and the rest of his brothers and their families out of their home and into the land of Goshen, which is an Egyptian area, and under the umbrella of, of Pharaoh. And uh, Joseph is able to minister to them. They're able to have food, and they grow and they multiply into this great group of people called the Israelites or the Hebrews. And what's interesting about that is God brought them to Egypt. Now, when you talk to most Christians or believers in the Bible, the Egyptians are the evil people because they enslaved um, the Israelites uh, for 400 and some odd years. But you have to understand how the Israelites got to Egypt in the first place was by God's provision. God provided a way for them to get to the land of Goshen. The problem was, was God did not have designed in them to stay in Goshen. But they became comfortable in the, in the change, in the move, in the, in the deliverance of God. And when they became comfortable, uh, thereafter, the Bible says, another Pharaoh rose who knew not Joseph and didn't understand why the Israelites were there in the beginning, and then didn't understand the, the blessings that God had done. And they took, that Pharaoh took what was the blessing of God, the deliverance of God, and that blessing and deliverance quickly turned into bondage. And so for all of those years after that, the Israelites are slaves to Egypt, and, and a lot of the building of Egypt and things of that nature were done by the hands of these Israelites who had been in bondage and in slavery. And so several years, you know, hundreds of years uh, come by further and, and you get to uh, a man by the name of Moses. And Moses is called by God, is saved by God in the basket on the Nile, raised in Pharaoh's household, and realizes who he is, and so he leaves, and for 40 years, he lives in the desert, and he, God deals with him and talks with him, and so after he was 80 years old, God sends Moses back, and, and we know the story. Moses says, let my people go, and Pharaoh denies the request, and so once again, God is going to step into their lives and deliver them from the bondage this time the first one was the bondage of the famine and delivered and blessed them in the land of Goshen where they had plenty of food and agriculture. And now they're going to be needing to be delivered from slavery or bondage and set free. And the, the, the means is, is to get them finally to what is considered the promised land. And so Moses, nine times, uh, God sends a miraculous plague upon the land of Egypt and finally, Pharaoh at the 10th time says, no, okay, fine, take your people and go. And so they'd start on their journey. And, and this wasn't a small group of people, so it moved probably fairly slow. And shortly after they were gone, Pharaoh realized that he 
really actually needed their slavery. And so he sets up his army and chases after them. And, and the Israelites are fleeing their bondage under the almighty hand of God. And that's a powerful story, but they get to a place called the Red Sea. And I have heard and read that it wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea, which was much shallower. It doesn't matter to me, it's as miraculous either way. If it's the Red Sea, which I believe it is, the Lord parted the sea, they walked by on, on dry ground, and, and the sea closed back up on the Egyptian army. If it was the Reed Sea and it was shallower and it was easier to cross, it says that still, two walls of water, they walked by on dry ground, and if it was really shallow, shallow then it was just as great of a miracle because the Bible says it closed up and it, and it killed the entire Egyptian army that was there in the sea. So either way, it's a miracle. It's God, Red Sea, Reed Sea. I believe it was the Red Sea. And when they cross over, God allows the, 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 the key to their bondage, closes up and destroys the Egyptian army and the Israelites are set free in the wilderness. Praise God. I'm glad for the setting free. Bible says he whom the son is set free is free indeed. But what ends up happening is they didn't learn the lesson from their forefathers that the deliverance of God was not to be one spot. And so they get to the Goshen, that becomes their bondage. God has to deliver them again by, with the plagues and through the Red Sea and they get into the wilderness. And once again, when Moses sends the spies into the promised land, 10 of the 12 come back with, woe is me, there's no way we can do it. And so 40 years, the Israelites get stuck in the middle of their blessing and they are bound to their blessing. The blessing was they were free from the enslavers of Egypt in the wilderness, but now they have allowed the wilderness to become their place of contentment and they got used to living in the wilderness. And when the two spies, Caleb and uh, uh, Joshua come back and say, let's take it. The rest of the people say, no way, we're no match to them. And uh, I, I don't understand that mindset other than they became content with the little that they had and they settled for what God had already done. But God is not a settling kind of God. He wants us to continue to push. The Bible says it this way, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. God's building us and as long as we are pushing to the next thing in God, we can find the, the presence of God leading us and we can have contentment, not in him getting us from point A to point B, but we can uh, be content in the fact that he's going to get us from point A to point B to point C and so on and so forth, as long as we're willing to follow him and push and press toward the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. There's too many of us that get settled in where God has delivered us from, and we get to this place where we believe God delivered us to, when, when in all actuality that place is not where we were supposed to stop. That was just a place of safety before God pushed us into the next section or next level, the next uh, area of our life. And so my prayer today is that you would begin to, if you have not already, but begin again to press forward, to pray forward, to push forward until God continues to lead you and recognize that he has new things for us every day. 
and never get content with where we're at, but be content in the pushing and the pressing from one place to another place in God. From glory to glory, we are, see, we have to realize that we are not designed to be a people to stand still. We are designed by, to be a people to stand in rivers of living water that pushes us, the springs of living water, the rivers of living water, which is uh, synonymous with the presence of God or the spirit of God, where he leads us, where he moves us. And there may be those temporary times in the spirit where we stop and we say, oh, thank you for that, God. Thank you for that peace and that breath. But don't get content in that. Get content in the fact that he's got even more for you. He's got another level of relationship for you. He's got another opportunity for miracle signs and wonders for you. He's got more opportunities to get nearer to him and see him how he really is instead of just getting content with where you're at today. It's easy to get content with a place, but it's better to be passionate about a push. It's better to be passionate about getting to that next thing. I, I want to uh, kind of finish up this idea about letting the blessings of God become our bondage. It's so easy to do because we tend to look at the act of God or the mercy of God and it encourages us. God brought Israel from the famine to fields of abundance in the land of Goshen. And they got so used to being in the field of abundance that they didn't see that the enemy of their nation was rising up and didn't look at previous nations and agreements and understandings the same way and ultimately realized that he had a free workforce to build the empire that he wanted to build. And so he enslaves the nation of Israel in the midst of what God did for them in good manner, he enslaves them. God delivers them from Pharaoh and lands them in the wilderness on the other side of the sea, away from their bondage, and they become so consumed and, and comfortable in the wilderness that they refuse to do what God is opening up the door for them to do. And so 40 years, they dwell in the, the wilderness, if you will, and then finally they cross into the promised land. And uh, I, I want to challenge somebody today your promised land, the place where God wants you to function, where God wants you to move, where God wants you to be blessed is available to you as long as you don't get stuck in your contentment of another area that God has led you to. I, uh, I look forward, or not look forward, I look at my life and if I wasn't continuously pushing, and, and honestly, there were times where we didn't, um, but when I didn't keep pushing to what God was trying to do in me, I became content in where I was at. And I'm talking spiritually. I'm not talking physically necessarily, but I was comfortable where I was at. It didn't take very long that my place of comfort, God allowed some things in to make it uncomfortable because he knows that I wouldn't push forward in my comfort 
I push forward in my discomfort. And so if you're feeling the strains of discomfort right now, I want to challenge you to reevaluate whether or not you've just become content with the blessings of God here and you're missing out on what God has for you because you become content with the place instead of the push. I want to challenge you to pick up the push again. Pray harder, pray more, uh, love him more, worship him more. Uh, expect to go someplace in him that you've never been before and see what will happen. It's my prayer tonight, and I'm coming to a close, that everybody that watches this, that experiences this, I love the blessings of God. There's nothing like it. When God steps on the scene and God does something miraculous or big or something that you can't explain, but you can't deny, when he does that, oh man, that is, you're flying on cloud nine. It's incredible when he does it. But he wants to continue to do it. And so don't get stuck in your moment and miss your momentum. Don't get stuck and content with the blessing that God just gave you without pushing to what God is still wanting to do in you. I hope this makes sense to somebody but Paul said Paul gave it the, the picture of the relay race. And you're constantly moving forward to gain access to the finish line. And uh, I don't know about you, but I want to cross the finish line. And the day that I take my last breath on this earth or the day the trumpet sounds is when my race will end. Until that day, I haven't arrived. I haven't achieved. I've made it a couple legs of the race, if you will. I'm coming into my home stretch and I'm going to be pressing and pushing to get everything that God has for me. So when that time does hopefully come long from now, several decades from now, and he whispers my name, tells me to come on home to that ultimate destination in his presence that I'm found pushing and pressing closer and closer to Jesus and not getting wrapped up in all the miracles that he performed for my behalf. And I'm thankful for them, but I can't get content in them because he has so much more to do. We can't get content with this new facility. It's three years old. We can never become content and say it's so nice without challenging ourselves by the hand of God being challenged to push forward, to raise more funds, to, to adjust and fix the sanctuary, to look down the road to where God wants us. We are always on the move because we can never get content with where we're at because he's got so much more. Praise God. Don't let the blessings of God become the boundary of your existence. Don't let the blessings of God become the bondage that locks you into a place where you miss out on the next thing that God has for you. God has things for you every day. That's why his mercies are new. And I pray that you would find through the pressing of your spirit, the pushing of your spirit, that you would find that next thing of God and then the next thing and then the next thing until the trumpet sounds or you breathe your last breath in this world and then you can say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Until then, I'm pushing on. Would you bow your heads and pray with me now? Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. 
Lord, I pray for those today that have become content in what you've done in their lives. Lord, I'm praying that this message would be an impetus to get them to push a little bit more, to press a little bit more, to go a little bit deeper in you, for we haven't even scratched the surface of the depths of who you are. Lord, we'll be careful to love you. Bring us back together in days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.